Hi, this is John Gunter at the Eagle Community Church of Christ in Mont Bellevue, Texas. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. Uh, we'd also like to invite you to, if you get a chance, hey, come see us. Come see us in person, worship with us. Or you can also check us out. And all of our information is on eaglechurchofchrist.com. And there you can find more links to different things. And so uh, join us there as well. This week, we're, we're continuing our summer series called Stronger Summer. This is a series where I challenge our church not to be stagnant, not to be complacent during the summer, but to move closer to God, to ask God uh, to continue to work in us, that we're not taking the summer off. And so this week, we talk about a stronger dedication. Uh, you know, this last year has been so hard on all of us, and, and we know uh, that most people, it takes all around 60 to 90 days to create like new habits and things. And so we've had a year of COVID and all of these distractions and things that have taken us away from our church family. We've got to get back at it. And so that's my encouragement for us today that uh, we become more dedicated, not in, in superficial ways, but ways that really matter and ways that, that again, draw us close to God. So again, this is Stronger Dedication. Thanks so much for listening. So we want to continue to uh, pray for them and their, their trip home today. Um, I was talking with a buddy this week, and we were kind of joking because the, the thing, you know, preachers are starting to realize is that for Mother's Day, we really talk about how awesome our mothers are, and we, we really go all out for our mothers. And then on Father's Day, we just kind of beat down the dad. Listen, you got to do better, you know. Well, I did one better first service. I completely forgot it. So happy Father's Day to all you fathers out there. Um, I mentioned last week that, you know, uh, it's something different. As soon as, as soon as Evan came into the world, I knew something was different and uh, everything changed at that point. So uh, we, we appreciate you guys. This is not going to be a beat down dad sermon. Uh, this will be beat down everybody sermon. That's what we're going <laughs> to we're all inclusive here. That's what's, that's what's happening here. Uh, but uh, again, thank you for your presence, DC. Thank you for, for leading this morning. I, I, we greatly appreciate that. Uh, the first service had to settle for me. Uh, so I, I told Robert, if nobody will do it, I'll do it. And so I, I do enjoy that, uh, leading singing and everything. And, and my voice feels good. So we, maybe we can do this again sometime. Um, uh, I wanted to, uh, as we be, begin this, this lesson today, and I'm still hearing popping. I, I don't know if it's me or, or what it is. Okay, I'll swing it out. Talk amongst yourselves. Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> but we've been in this series called Stronger Summer. And remember the idea behind this as we go through this series is that we don't want to stay stagnant during the summer as if we are waiting for school to start back. We don't want to just hang out and think, well, Everything kind of gets put on hold until school begins and the year begins that way. That during this summer, this big summer in the life of our church, we want to be a people and a church that is moving ever closer to God. Okay, and so each lesson that we bring is going to be challenging us to move closer in one area or another. And this week I wanted to talk about it. I kind of had a hard time naming it, but I went with a, did I go the wrong way? No, I did not. There we go, dedication. We got it now. A stronger dedication uh, to what we are doing. And so uh, for the time we have, I want to talk about what dedication is and what it is not. 
because in churches we have we have had a hard time because we are people that like to quantify things. We like to track things. Now, I'm not going to pick on the engineer I know is in the room, but how many other people, like, you're kind of meticulous about tracking things? Like, whether it's your money or, you know, you've got lists everywhere. Some of us are just wired that way, right? Okay, well, in church, it's a problem. Because it is very hard for us to, though I stand up here every week and I preach, it is hard for me to know, am I affecting your life? Are the words that I am bringing from, from God's holy word, are they having any impact unless you tell me, right? So I don't know that. Uh, one of my uh, ex-preachers, when we were in Texarkana, he, he would say, he said one time, it's kind of shocking, he said, sometimes preaching feels like an act of futility, so I stand up here and I put all this effort into doing something every week and I don't really see fruits of it, right? Like there very well could be a lot going on in your life, but unless you tell me or unless I see the fruit of it, I don't know that. And so in churches, we have kind of uh, hung on to those things we can quantify. And what can we quantify in churches, y'all? Go ahead. Number, yeah. Who's here? How many people are here? And how much you give? That, that's basically it, right? We had the old, did you guys have the old board where you put the numbers up there and everything? I think that was standard. I don't think you're a Christian unless you had that or something. I don't want to worship here. They don't have one of those boards. <laughs> I need to know how much was given to the penny last week. So, so we, have, we have kind of clung to those things we can actually quantify. And the problem with that is that tells us nothing about spiritual growth, does it? So the way we have kind of uh, done that in our minds was, I believe she's a faithful sister because I see her in this pew every week, right? Or I see her in this chair. I think he's a good Christian man. I see him at the building every time the doors are open, right? And so we've tried to quantify that way, but what does it mean? What does attendance actually mean? Nothing if your life isn't changed. Now, I, I grew up, anybody else grew up, like the, if the doors were open, you were there? Yeah, I, I grew up the same way. Like I, I played baseball and you remember when we used to have gospel meetings? Like that wasn't a time off for me, even though I was dedicated baseball. So I would come in middle of the week and uh, I would have red dirt on me because you know I'd probably hit it in the park home run or so, you know, Tyler. But. <laughs> You know, I wasn't always shaped like this, but, uh, but I would come in and sit on the back pew and my mom would have one of those beach towels, you know, just so I could sit down and not get it everywhere. And so I was, I was never taking time off. Like we were there, uh, a funny story, just a little aside real quick. First service didn't get this. So y'all, y'all bonus today. But, uh, when I was young, I took guitar lessons and, uh, those of you who grew up church of Christ might know where this is going. So after guitar lessons, one, you know, evening, I walked up to my church and brought in my guitar. And the look, oh yeah, it's about like that. The look those women had when they walked in, like, what is happening? And so, by the way, if you ever come, you know, if this ever comes up again, apparently the way to deal with it is to put a blanket over it and put it in the nursery. I, the, the next step was to tie it down somehow. I don't know if it, they, they were afraid it was going to get up and, and, you know, come after us or what. 
but I, I still get a good kick out of that. Uh, but anyway, but we just kind of quantified that because my family was dedicated to attendance, we could have, you know, the, the appearance of being faithful people. And if that's as far as it goes, we're walking down the wrong road. And so what I want to encourage us today is not to be people of just a church face or a, hey, how you doing? I'm going to shake your hand and tell you everything's good and, you know, we'll keep it together until we fall apart in the car type of thing. But we want to be people who are really dedicated, that believe in what we're doing and believe the power of God in our lives to transform us, that I don't want to be where I am right now. I talked to a friend of mine that uh, just the other day that she said, uh, three years ago, I reminded her of something she said, and she couldn't believe it. Like, how stupid was I? And when, when, I, when I got done chatting with her, I thought, you know what I should have said is that is life. Because every few, few years, you look back on younger version of you and think, man, was he dumb, right? And so the hope is, is that we are growing. It's not that we look back and just Oh, I can't believe that. No, it is life that we are growing, and hopefully as a church, we are growing closer to God. And so that is, that is my hope, and that is my prayer as we go through this uh, lesson today. So we're going to start out in Revelation 3. Uh, we're going to read from two different parts of this chapter. Uh, Revelation 3 is, is the part of Revelation that we're comfortable reading, you know, with, without witnesses around or something. I don't know. Uh, you know, the rest of it gets kind of, kind of dicey. I don't know what it means. Uh, most of it's about Rome, by the way. But uh, uh, this is the part where Jesus is addressing churches. So in churches of Christ, and, and maybe it was true in, in your tradition too, if you if you're not didn't grow up Church of Christ, we really uh, held in high esteem like the early church. Like what did Jesus teach the early church, or or Paul tell the churches to do? And we always said, well, we want to be like the early church. And the the question always is, which one? Because some of them were pretty messed up. And actually, in this, this part of Revelation, there are not many that are really good. You know, sometimes they'll get a little positive, and then it's like, well, hold up just a second. And so that's what we're looking at now. It's like, who do we want to be? What kind of church do we want to be? And so this is what Jesus says here. To the angel of the church in Sardis, so the church in Sardis, write, these are the words of him who hold the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your deeds. You have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Let's stop right there. So this church has a lot of excitement around it right now. We have come into a new community, one where the majority of us live now. And by the way, quick aside, how many of you drove from Baytown today? I want to say just a second that we honor all of you. I'm, I'm serious. Because it is hard when the church moves. Because uh, we have always been the mover. You know, we, we've been the one that, that moved in. It's like, well, how close is church now? But you guys have put in effort and you've put in some dedication that I want to be a part of this church. So we want to thank you for that. Please, uh, as we show excitement about this place, I, I keep hearing in my head, Make sure we're not leaving people behind or, or acknowledging them. And so we are thankful for you. I just want to say that uh, real quick. But we have so much excitement around this church that we want to affect this community. We want, we want to shed the light of Jesus in our own way, from our own tradition, into this community. 
But Jesus addresses a church right here. He says, you have the very reputation. So people in the community think this is a good church. But Jesus says what? He says, I know your deeds. And then he says, you are dead. So we could exist. We could come and we could be content with putting on the right face, with being here at the right time, uh, maybe even giving the right amount of money, whatever we feel. But it's, it's like last week when we talked about love. We can do all of these fantastic things. And if we do not have love in what we do, we are nobody. Remember that? We are nothing. And that's the same kind of church we can be if we're not serious about it, if we're not actually dedicated. Uh, one, one writer I, I like, uh, he writes on small groups and stuff, and he said, sometimes we, we get so stuck in worrying about the, uh, the timing of the watering, we're not worrying about the actual fruit that is produced. So we can be so focused inward and so you know, granular as to what we're doing that we forget that there's a bigger thing out here that we're not doing. And that's what Jesus is saying here. Verse 2, he says, wake up. Sometimes we need that. Wake up. Strengthen what remains and is about to die, for I have found your deeds unfinished in the sight of my God. Remember, therefore, what you have received and heard. Hold it fast and repent. But if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief, and you will not know at what time I will come to you. And so what he is saying here is that this church has begun some things. There are some good things that you could point to and say, hey, they were on the right track, but something happened, they stopped. And I think for us here in, in America, in, you know, in kind of the, the Bible Belt in the South, you know, we can be very content with the going to church stuff. We can be very content with just doing the little things. One time, uh, it, it's, it's actually kind of crazy what we can get in our head. One time I sat in a Bible class and we were talking about, you know, how we could uh, impact our community or, you know, something about living the Christian life. And one lady said, well, I, I've, got, I've got it figured out and this is kind of what works for me. Every day, I let somebody in in front of me. And that's it. Like in traffic... She's sitting there, and her view of living the Christian life was to be kind to someone in traffic. Once. You know, you get <laughs> only the one. Marvel reference there. Just the one. <laughs> but what else could we, we put in there? What, what is it for us that, that we are stuck on? Well, as long as I check off these boxes, as long as I do these things in these ways, I feel okay but if Jesus came back right now, you would be immediately aware that, oh, yeah, I didn't. And this is, this is not a sermon about you've got to work your way into heaven, that, that we do all these things and we say, God, look at, look at what I've done here. Look at all the good things I've done. You know, it, it, it bypasses the bad by one, you know, so I got in, you know. It, that's not what this is. This is about a relationship with God, just like love from last week, that you're your inner self has to be transformed to the ways of God. So much so that we don't leave things undone, that we don't get content in what we do. Because we could be content that we're just here. We made it. We've opened the door. And, you know, so many times, your church may not have been like this, but we kind of took the attitude. We didn't really evangelize. It's like we put the, the hours on the sign out front. 
And we thought people just break down the door and get in. Like we can be content with that. Well, they know when we meet. No, there are some things we need to do. And that is transforming our lives so that we affect our community. Um, what he says there, he says, strengthen what remains and is about to die. A, a warning in that. That we can be so content that we forget or we just ignore the ways in which we are becoming unhealthy. Uh, the ways in which we are, we are not going down the right path. But he says, he says, remember therefore what you have received and heard, hold it fast and repent. And so when you give a sermon like this, you feel like, well, everybody, everybody's getting their, their toes stepped on. But when he's saying this, I think that offers some hope that this is not about we have to be perfect because guess how many of us are, right? None. Even though this idiot's holding his hand up, right? I'm like, what's he doing? Uh, but none of us are perfect. But he says, repent. And, and when God says that, when Jesus tells you to repent, that is not, you know, just a, you know, slam you on the toes and make you feel bad. That is an invitation to, again, that relationship with him. That you can grow closer to him. The same way that God could call David a man after his own heart. Was David perfect, y'all? One of the, the ways I think that we, we kind of... Um, do a disservice to our kids is we teach them about biblical characters. But unfortunately, I think most of the time we don't really go into the bad things those biblical characters did. It's not because we want to shock them or anything, but we don't want our kids growing up thinking that they have to be perfect, that we have presented a vision of David or of whoever that, that is perfect. I went to Branson just a few years ago, and they had at the Sight and Sound Theater, they had Samson playing. And if you know the story of Samson, it is not all pretty. And so I was sitting there, I thought, how are they going to get around this? And the first thing that happens, they come out with announcements like, listen, there are some things Samson did that were not good. We're not going to go into all of those. And then they presented Samson. But the way that, that, that God can call David a man after his own heart is David did what? He repented. He was confronted with the things he did wrong, and it broke his heart. We can be so blind, and so, you know, sometimes it feels like we're just dumb. You know, I knew better. I can't believe I did that. And so it, it, sometimes it feels like an attack on ourselves. Oh, my goodness, it's terrible. But it's also an invitation to return to a right relationship with God. And I don't know why we're afraid of that. Uh, we offer an invitation every time we come, and it's not that you have to come down, but man, I'd love to see more people say, you know what? I want to grow closer to God. I need to, I need to change some things. I need to fix some things. God, would you work within me? Why in the world aren't more people saying that, right? I need that. I need, I need a weekly, weekly time with God saying, God, you know the things I'm struggling with. Would you help me in that? And so Jesus calls the church to repentance. He says, but if you do not wake up, if you do not listen up, you do not realize what you're doing, I will come like a thief, and, uh, I will come like a thief and you will not know it at what time I will come to you. He says, he, he gives a little ray of hope here. Yet you have a few people in Sardis who have not soiled their clothes. They will walk with me, dressed in white, for they are worthy. The one who is victorious will, like them, be dressed in white. I will never blot out the name of that person from the book of life, but will acknowledge that name before my Father and his angels. 
Whoever has ears, let, him, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Listen up. If you're not right with God, repent. Again, an invitation to be closer to him. Just a few verses later, Jesus starts talking to a church in Philadelphia. In verse 10, he says, Since you have kept my command to endure patiently, I will also keep you from the hour of trial that is going to come on the whole world to test the inhabitants of the earth. I am coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take your crown. Let's stop right there. And so what Jesus gives here is, is an alternate view, that this church is doing things correctly. And again, just like we talked about last week with the patient and perseverance, he says you have endured patiently. So does this mean that everything has been going well for this church? You don't, you don't look back on parts of your life that went perfectly. You know, back in 2019, man, I had it all going. I got the good job. I got the uh, promotion. You know, that really wore on my patience. We don't say that, do we? Because patience or perseverance comes with things that aren't going well. But Jesus commends this church saying, listen, things haven't gone well, but you have patiently endured those things. You have kept this faith and followed me. And he says, I will keep you from this trial. He says, hold on to what you have so no one will take your crown. There's this idea of persistence, perseverance, dedication. The best way I know to, uh, to kind of put this, uh, at least in my life, is thinking about the dedication it takes for me to follow like a, a physical fitness and nutrition program. Anybody just like joined a gym and been all in on one of those before? Am I the only person? Right, let's see some hands now. <laughs> you leaving me alone over here. Oh, never had any issue with that. That's it. But I think about that, you know, and it's like I said last week, you know, the idea a lot of times is, well, I, I start, uh, you know, I'm going to join this on Thursday, but I really want to start it on Monday. So I'm going to put it off a little ways. But I have noticed that if I will go ahead and start, like I can be super strict, like it doesn't matter what you eat in front of me, it doesn't, doesn't matter, you know, where we go to eat, anything like that, I'm going to be really good. And there's a, there's a point in, in time, and for me, I think it's about three months. So three months in, I have been doing really well, I've lost a lot of weight, I'm feeling great. And what do I do? I celebrate. I'm still celebrating. That was two years ago. <laughs> All the weight plus some of his friends have shown back up, you know? It's, 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 it's more to love. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Bonus points for you. But, but when the dedication just kind of drops off, then it, it just kind of spirals. And so I, I see that in physical fitness and, and my focus there, and I, and I believe that can kind of translate to church because what is it you need if we're talking about physical fitness? If you're sitting at home and you've noticed over the last few weeks you feel pretty crummy, you know, you, you're, you're, things aren't fitting well, you just don't have any energy. Those of you who have joined a gym, what will, what will fix that? Exercise. So in my mind, that does not work. I am too tired to get up and move, but I need to get up and move and go run or jog or Lord help me because I've got short legs, do the elliptical. I, you know, I'm, 
It's just that is not that is not a <laughs> not a piece of equipment for a, a man shaped like myself. But but the thing is, is that I've got to dedicate myself to that to to get the goal I want and to feel better and to uh, be closer to what I want to achieve. And that can be the same in church. Oh, I'm burned out. I'm not getting what I need. I'm not you know I just don't feel right. And so what we do is we withdraw, we disconnect. But the fix is dedication, is rededication, is a focus, is a discipline. I'm going to be there. Everyone in this room grows closer to God through probably different ways. Uh, some of my, my best times with God are, you know, surprisingly, when nothing else is happening, when I've eliminated all the distractions and I'm sitting in a deer stand. Which, by the way, apparently is hard to come around here. Need to, uh, we need to go in and buy some deer leaves or something. But when I'm out sitting, you know, I'm, I'm growing closer to God because I actually have eliminated all the distractions. One of my things is going to conferences, to a, a singing. Anybody else like to sing? Like, we had a singing. But how many times do we actually put in the effort to do it? Like, you know how much of an uplift you get from going to these things, and then we don't do it. We don't put in the dedication, and we wonder why we, why we feel spiritually, spiritually sluggish. Like we don't feel dialed in. We feel disconnected. And if we actually look back a little bit, we'd notice our effort and desire and dedication has waned. We should have been drawing closer. We, we were withdrawing. And I think that's, uh, that can be true for us. One more scripture I wanted to, to mention here is from uh, Amos chapter 5. And it's interesting and kind of, if a scripture this morning steps on my toes, this is the one. So Amos is, is telling the people the words of God that he has heard. So Amos is a prophet. And so just, just listen as God telling the people. He says, for I know how many are your offenses and how great your sins there are those who oppress the innocent and take bribes and deprive the poor of justice in the courts. Therefore, the prudent keep quiet in such times, for the times are evil. Seek good, not evil, that you may live. Then the Lord God Almighty will be with you, just as you say he is. Hate evil, love good, maintain justice in the courts. Perhaps the Lord God Almighty will have mercy on the remnant of Joseph. Now, that steps on my toes, but the next part does even more. But what he says here is you think or you are saying God is among us. Sounds really holy, really religious, right? God is with us this morning. We have assembled, and you know where two or three gather in his name, God is with us. But he said, actually, what you guys are doing are, are all these evil deeds depriving the poor of justice in the courts. You're taking bribes. You're oppressing the innocent. So if you want to come to church and claim all of these holy things, we're doing all of these great things, but we walk out of here and we don't care about the justice for everyone. We try to oppress people. We try to get ahead of them. God is saying, no. Hate evil, love good. Maintain justice. And here's what he said here in 21. I hate, this is from God, I hate, I despise your religious festivals. Your assemblies are a stench to me. Ouch. 
I thought we were doing good when we came here this morning. You know, we, we had that fight in the car, but, you know, we, we cleaned it up before we got inside. We'll fall apart again when we get back in the car, you know. He didn't let us out on time again. But God is telling religious people, people who are claiming to follow God, to love God, I despise your religious festivals. Your assemblies stink. It gets worse. He says, even though you bring me burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. Though you bring choice fellowship offerings, I will have no regard for them. He says right here, away with the noise of your songs. In our tradition, singing is a pretty big deal, isn't it? Like we've never had instruments, a lot of us, and so we had to learn to sing or it, it really would be a noise. A joyful noise, but a noise. But God is looking to these people saying, I can't stand this. Stop it. You're just standing up here making a noise that I don't care anything about. I will not listen to the music of your harps, but let justice roll on like a river, righteousness like a never-failing stream. Get it right. There is more to life. There is more to your relationship with God than just looking like you're doing it right. Right, church? There is more to that. So don't compartmentalize. Don't come in here and have your Sunday box where I'm dressed up and I, I've got my smile on and I'm, I'm happy and all that, and then leave here and go to the supermarket or wherever you're going and be a totally different person that if somebody else was looking, they wouldn't know that you were a Christian. Because God says, if you're going to be that way, if you're going to treat people in this way, stop the noise. It stinks. I can't stand it. And church, that hurts. Because I believe a lot of times we really do kind of get content that we believe that because we assembled, we feel better about ourselves, and that's where it stops. How many people did we have here this morning? When we should be asking, and we should be challenging each other, how many people rededicated their life? How many people ask for prayers? How many people are saying, I want to grow closer to you, God? How many people are saying, listen, I have been one way. I haven't really been plugged in, and I know I've got to grow closer, and so I want to do that. Why don't we start counting that? Why don't we start requiring that of each other, that we're challenging each other? Because I need that. I, I'm, I'm not lying. I'm not saying this for a sermon illustration. I need that every week. When people say, John, I'm praying for you, that means a lot to me. Because I need it. And that's what I'm going to tell you. Please do. Please keep it up because I need it. And that's true for all of us. And that's why uh, I make a point in our, in our welcome and everything for those cards. There's nothing special about those cards. But we do want to be a church who continually grows closer to God. We want to be able to pray with each other. We, we want to be able to uh, celebrate with each other. And we want to make it a habit where it's not a, a weird thing for somebody to come forward. And what I have been so impressed with with this church is that when somebody comes forward, doesn't matter what it's for, that I want to pray for this church, the, uh, our move, whatever. But how many people come up with them, right? That means something, y'all. Because at some point, we've got to put our money where our mouth is. We've got we to have actions to follow our words, right? Because just like last week, 
Paul saying, if I have all these words, if I have these, uh, these prophecies, or I'm able to speak in tongues, or I can do all these things that you think are fantastic, if I don't have the love, if I don't have something to go with it, I am nothing. And that's true for us as a church. If we don't have the lo actual love for this community, we don't actually have the dedication for this community, we are nothing. And I, I actually thought last week, I, I thought I might get a little rebuttal afterward, I thought somebody might come up because I said, if we're going to fake it, that I hope God blesses another church that isn't. And I mean that. Nobody said anything to me, but I really mean that because the last thing that Jesus needs is for his name to go out in the community with people who don't really care. And may God bless somebody, if it's not us, that will do it. Because we've got to be serious. We've got to be dedicated. And that's my prayer for us today as a church. I want to end with a prayer. Would you pray with me? Our Father in heaven, God, we are. Lord, we are honored. We are humbled to, to be able to speak to you in this way. God, we do feel like you are here this morning, and we are thankful for your presence. God, help our church. Help our church to hear your voice, to hear your words, and to uh, make meaningful changes. Lord, not that we just work it out, that we have that ability, Lord, but we say, God, do something in me. Transform my life. Lord, help me remove the obstacles that I know are causing problems right now. God, I pray for this church and this place that we are excited about coming to Mont Bellevue and, and thankful we're here. God, would you bless us to be real? Would you bless us and encourage us and convict us when we are just faking it? God, when it's not a good week or not a good time and, and we're just trying to go through the motions, God, would you convict us to see the world as you see it, to see the brokenness, to see the people that need uplifted, God, to see everything and have a love for it just like you do. God, would you be with us as we just dwell on your words this morning, Lord, that I believe we have in the past come and just been satisfied with a number on a board. And God, I believe you've been upset with some of our worship services because our heart was elsewhere. Our dedication was elsewhere. God, convict us when that's true. And again, Lord, we, we pray that you bless this community, Lord, that you help us to see the the things that are necessary to, to do, to get involved with, the, the ways we can reach out, and God, uh, just continue to bless us. Lord, we also want to pray for our kids and their camp this weekend. We are thankful for them. We're thankful for all the adults that have gone to um, just be with them, to chaperone, to teach. May you work in them. And God, would you help us to be the example for our kids? God, that our example should start right at home, not with somebody else, but right with us. Convict us of that, Lord. Help us to be open and honest with our kids and, and lead them in the way that they should go. Lord, we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.